So welcome to the speaking podcast. Uh, this is episode number 54. And if you want to find all of our episodes, go to speakingpodcast.com. Today, my guest is from Germany. Please welcome Marcus Beckman. Hey, Ryan, good to be here. So what I normally do, Marcus, is I ask people, rather than me script it or get information beforehand, I ask, who's Marcus? Well, I am in Germany known as the video presence coach, but that's already a little bit of a history. I coach people to, to be present in front of a camera and to get their videos out there and be present in the world. But uh, lately I've been switching to, to offline because I really, really enjoy speaking in front of people in a real audience. And uh, that's what I'm exploring right now and that's in the beginning phase. So that's shortly who I am. There's much more to me, but um, uh, that's enough for now, I think. Well, brilliant. But to be honest, uh, I think actually being able to do it on video is very relevant at the moment since we're all being kind of told to stay at home. So there'll be a lot of people that were used to being on stage and now need to kind of get their business online. So, you know, you might give us as much uh, tips and tricks on that side of the fence if you can. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, is, it is a different medium. A lot of things are similar. Um, one thing that comes to mind is you do need like this extra portion of energy. If you talk like, like casually, like you would with a friend in the room, then, then your energy is, is a little bit too low. You know, it's like going down and, and the camera is, is kind of sucking up some energy. So you need to be there a little bit um, with more energy than you would be in a normal room with people. And that's the same on, as it is on stage, as I perceive it. Okay. That's, well, that's the way I see that is it's like when you're doing your driving test, you're glancing at the mirror, but it was like you have to exaggerate it to make sure the guy next to you is seeing it. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and often people, especially in front of a camera, when they when they're alone with the camera, it, it feels really strange. With a lot of people, you you automatically through the adrenaline and stuff, you get into it. But in front of a camera, sometimes it's it feels awkward. And and of course you don't have the immediate feedback. And that's a big difference to, to a real life audience. You do not get an immediate feedback. Even if you talk to many people, you sense what is getting to the people and what not. And with the camera, you don't have that. So you, you have to rely on, on a few tricks and things and experience um, to, to work your way around it. No, very good. And I see as well, uh, you were able to modify the background because I noticed some uh, tricks in, in the Zoom, which, you know, at times can, you know, can help. I'm not sure if you can actually put one on there just to show, show the, the people because th this uh, podcast is actually going to be on YouTube as well. Yeah, well, I, first of all, I have like a neutral background and this is, this is something that I put up. Um, so it's not this, you know, like the regular background in my room is not distracting people. So I'm, I'm in, the, in, the, in the presence of the camera. And Zoom is uh, quick enough and, and strong enough to, to not need a green screen. I can just click a button here and, you know, I'm out. I, I just moved to the Caribbean or whatever, wherever this was taken. And you can put your own photos there. Zoom offers you a view. Um, and I am really, I mean, I come from video production um, where we're doing an effect like this that well 
required like a green screen and lighting just for the screen so this would work. And to, to see this work in, in real time with just a white background as well as it does is just amazing. Technology is so far advanced, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I presume like having the right color shirt as well, because if you had white, I'm assuming it would probably pick up on that and you'd be part of the screen. Would Yeah, you should always wear something that is, that is in contrast to the background, of course. You know, if you have a, a darkish background and you're well lit, but you have a, you have a dark sweater like, like Steve Jobs used to have, like this, this uh, black ones, then, then you get lost in, into the background. And, and that's why I picked the blue shirt, um, actually just change it because these, these are natural things to me. So I look at the picture, I'm like, I had a white shirt before with the white background, it's not working. And the effect wouldn't work as well either. Um, and, and one other thing that, that uh, happened with your shirt, if you see the picture, when you move, it makes funny, funny uh, um, things here because you have like a really small, uh, what do you call it in English, when, when the pattern of the shirt has like a yeah. small contrast in it. And, and video is like overwhelmed by it. And then you get these, these, these waves in there um, that are moving around. So it should be a plain color. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then you see these stripes coming up, yeah. Okay, so use, use plain colored stuff, not with, with these little patterns in it. Um, and uh, use it in contrast with your, with your background, you know. And basically what it comes down to is be conscious of what you are doing. As, as soon as you get yourself into this little box, everything in that box matters to the audience. And even if it shouldn't matter, the brain of the audience will always try to make something of it because we're used to this. Um, if, you, if you look at a movie and, and, and you think there's like a crazy chaos background, everything there is there for a reason. Everything was brought into that frame consciously if it's a well-done movie. Yeah. And yeah. if it looks like chaos in the background, then that's, that's not because there was real chaos, because it, it was propped that way. And you should prop your, your frame that you give out to the audience the same, with the same consciousness about it. That's like the, the, the biggest step. Be conscious about it. And then look at it and say, do I want this? Do I, do I, do I like what this is saying or not? And then, and then you adjust accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was actually, uh, we were getting a few tips yesterday because the competition, the Toastmaster competition has been online. And one of the guys was telling us that, for example, like if I had my hand here, you know, just to be conscious that my stage now is actually the screen so that you can see what I'm holding. Exactly, exactly. So I'm, I'm not doing this right now, but, but for, for a competition like this or when I go, would go on stage, I would actually set this up even, set me up further back. And, and one good thing is to say like, um, your belly button should still be in the picture. And then, because when you, when you do gestures, you usually can see your hands. You know, it's not for no reason that it says in the, in, the, in, in the movies, you know, like, show me your hands. Because when I can see somebody's hands, the trust level is higher. If my hands are here somewhere, you know, nobody, you know, well, what's he doing down there? You know, what, what's, what, the, what is the rest of, from him, you know, is it, about? Um, you want to know this. So if you, if you can see the hands, um, this, this is uh, raising the trust level. Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing that was mentioned as well, and... Uh... I'd like your, uh, like my speech 
I know some people can uh, do their speech just sitting down and talking, but my speech, I'm going to be standing and doing a few different things. And I was advised to raise the laptop so that it's not that I'm looking down, that it will be at eye level and, you know, to basically look at the light in the camera, not to be looking at myself because then I'm not, I'm, I'm still looking down. Absolutely. This is, this is one small and major tip as well. When, when even now, with a zoom call try to have the camera on eye level and don't tilt the camera because you're either going to be looking down at your audience or or you're looking up at the audience and both is not the way you want want it to have so um just take your laptop a couple of books um i even put my my um because I, i'll be in the toastmasters uh, uh competition as well next week they postponed it um and i put my 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 old iMac that has a LAN, that's another thing, the LAN cable for a stable connection. And I put that on a couple of tables. So it's, it's, when I'm standing, it's on eye level. That's really, really important to, to connect to your audience. And of course, and that's difficult when you see yourself or you see somebody you talk to right, like right now. But of course, your audience is the camera. The beautiful part is if you really look into the camera, you can look everybody who is watching you into his eyes. And you cannot do that with a whole group of people. We learn at Toastmasters, you know, to have eye contact and, and look around and, and connect with different people, especially if it's a group around 20, so that, it, that you really connect to the audience. And with video, you only have to look at one point and you look everybody in the eyes. So there are small advantages. That's what I'm saying. It's a different medium and, and we have to, we just have to be conscious about it. Very good. And uh, I know that you just came back from uh, Eric Edmead's uh, course and, you know, you, you're polishing your skills as well and be, being a speaker. So tell us kind of what your tips and tricks are for when you're doing speaking. Well, the, the most amazing thing for me was to learn how well stories work. And they work both ways. They work really well for the audience and they work well for the speaker. Before I, I learned that at, at the Business Freedom Speaking Academy, I, I would do talks in front of people about my expertise and I would have PowerPoints, um, very detailed, and I had the whole thing completely constructed and I say this here and then I say this and then this and, and I had notes on my PowerPoint and people would see and, and I would see by the PowerPoint where I'm at and then I had additional notes and it was a lot of work. It, they were good talks and I get very good feedback for them and they, they uh, transported a lot of great information and I could put some humor in there. But then I learned how stories work and that if you just get your points clear that you want to get across and find a story to every point, you have a structure very easily and within that structure you can speak freely. And the, the freer you speak, the more you connect to your, to your audience. And I really, really enjoyed that. To me, that was like taking, taking away fear. I, I didn't even realize it, but without this big construct of PowerPoint and notes, I was very intimidated by an audience and to speak freely in front of them. I, I, I was too scared basically. And whenever I tried, nothing really came out. And that actually happened at another event um, where, where, where I spontaneously had to talk in front of everybody and, and it was just a disaster. And I had to, had to um, convince people about, you know, joining me and my team and, and it didn't work at all. That's when I realized, well, I, I, want, to, I want to get there and, and be able to speak freely. And this little 
construct of stories and points is like a basic map in your mind that, that's very easy to, to remember or have on a little note. I mean, it's no problem to have, to have notes for your talk when you speak, I think. It's just a problem when you read written stuff because that's like not connecting to the audience. And, and that's another thing. If you write your speech, you usually tend to write it the way things are written and not how they are talked when you talk freely. So if you do write scripts, also for your video, you really have to learn how to write how one speaks. And that's not easy. So this is actually not, not only not helpful, you know, this is actually destroying the connection to your audience if you, if you pre-script it too much. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that same thing happened with the storytelling. When you listen to somebody on stage, like I've seen it in Toastmasters as well, I think your journey from A to B. And, but when somebody has it fully scripted and they have all the actions and everything, it's, I don't connect with that, even though sometimes it depends on the judges. You know, a lot of people, they think it's the best speech ever. But for me, when you see somebody telling a story and you know that if he told the, the the exact same story the next time there'll be a few little tweaks to it different you know might, might add a bit might forget a bit but the other person will be the exact same the whole time and i definitely prefer the story option yeah i i am the same i i always feel like it it gets very technical and some people are very good in at the toastmasters at that technical stuff they stand they don't use fill words you know and and they the gestures and it's all it's it's almost clinical and and that's the whole thing it gets sterile and yeah. and over that the, the real connection from heart to heart gets lost exactly and and on the other spectrum is you just talk your way but then the structure is lost so to me this was like a, a revelation to have like a like a little mind map of, of little stories um and for my competition, I practiced one story because I had to time it really well. If you're, if you're doing a talk and you're a little more flexible with timing because you, know, you, you have a longer time, um, then you don't even have to practice your stories because you know your stories. Make it personal stories. Make it always a personal story that, you actually, that actually happened to you because then you, you know it. You don't have to learn it. You, know? you don't have to remember it because you lived it and go back there. That's really important. Don't tell it from a distance. Yeah, and then this yeah. happened, and then it rained, and then this. No, I was standing in the rain, and, 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 uh, and it was pouring so hard that my motorcycle jacket was, like, drenched within 30 seconds. You know, that's different than saying, yeah, it was a hard rain. You know? And these are little, little techniques as well, but they are easy, and they really, really connect to the audience. My teacher, Eric, says, you know, you have to decide, do you, do you want to convey uh, information? Or, or do you want to retain information? Meaning, you know, do you want to just put it out, or do you want then do you want it to get stuck in the heads of your audience? And if you want that, then then you have storytelling is the one thing that for for evolution-wise is so deeply wired into our brain that it works that we listen to stories. Um, that it's just amazing how it works. No, exactly. And the other thing, because I know you mentioned about doing the PowerPoint and, you know, like when you're watching a PowerPoint and the person is basically reading what's on the screen, to me, it's the most boring part ever. But there's a lot of people, if technology fails them, they're out. They cannot do it. Exactly. Whereas 
once you're doing it from a story, you go, all right, I'm going to actually continue. And yeah, I don't have my screen, but I'll get through this. Yeah. There's the basic saying, never depend on your PowerPoint and only use it to, to um, uh, is it supplement? Yeah, I think to supplement your speech. Don't, don't, don't make it your speech. Because then it comes down to what you're saying. You know, I read, I, I'm reading aloud, you're reading silently, you know, and everybody is reading. Uh, and, and you have to know one other thing. Um, that, that's also for video. A lot of times people put in like, like typo in the video. And a lot of it. You can put single words, bullet points. That's, that's great. But you have to know, and, and you can realize that, again, it's about consciousness. When you read something, you, you hear... 80, 90% of the people hear their voice in their head when they read. And when you hear your voice, you cannot hear the other one's voice. Mm. Uh, or you have two voices and you get confused. So you have to realize when you do a video or a PowerPoint in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a live speaking, um, but also in, in video, as soon as you put text on there, people will read it and they will not listen to you. So you have to time that really well. And if it's just one word, you can, you can basically, you don't read that. You, you see it and you understand it. But if it's like a sentence, you distract people to the text. That can be great, but you have to know that it happens. And then at that time, you shouldn't be saying something that's really important. So it's always, always being conscious about what's, what's actually going on um, with the audience, um, especially with video. Because you, in, in, the, in the live audience, you can, you can sense when people are drifting off to the reading and they're not really listening to you. With video, you have no chance because you don't get the feedback immediately. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, with the competition, what they've decided is want only the timer will be uh, that you'll see. So you don't even get to see the audience, how they're reacting, especially if you're putting humor into it, because you know, I, I, I believe you like to use humor in your speeches as well. It's a good way of connecting. Have you found that, that by having the humor, you have a better chance of bonding with the audience? Yes, absolutely. That was, that was my little story. When I went on stage for, for, for in that workshop, um, I actually was standing there, I have to admit, I was, I was standing there leaning against the wall and there were like two people ahead of me and then my name was, was like the third up on the list to, to go on stage and, and present my little story that, that I had been practicing for four days. And it was the fifth day of, of, that, of that workshop. And, and I was seriously, I was, I was like gasping and I was getting shaking knees and, and I was like, oh, this is probably gonna be the moment when I collapse. You know, other people had it during practice where they got emotional and, and blocks came up and, and things happened to them and, and, and I was like, oh, great. I'm going to collapse right in front of everybody, you know? And the only thing that got me up there was, you know, was, was Eric, the, the, our coach and teacher there saying, nothing can really happen. You know, there is no lion or anything. You know, the fear is not really real. It's always going to be a learning experience. And that was the only thing that got me up on stage to, 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 to realize, okay, I'm, I probably will collapse and, and it will be a learning experience and I'll see what I, what I get from it. And then I went up there and, and, and I started and, and the microphone was really heavy and I never had one in, in my hand like this and it, it was crazy, but I did the story so many times that I just started doing it. And then came the first lines that should be funny and, and the whole room laughed and giggled. And, and that was a moment where I'm like, wow, you know, this is, this is great. And, and people even ask me, why, why was this funny? It's like, I don't know, you laugh, you know, but, but there must be something about how I said it 
and I even got got that compliment. But you could probably read a dishwasher manual, and 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 it would be funny. You could you have that skill, you know, and and I can't really tell you. You know, this is some this is some sort of talent of mine. Um, but you don't need this. I I want to tell people you don't need this if you have a little bit of techniques and storytelling stuff that will work. And then work on your humor. Humor is always risk, but if it works out, it's great. And 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 after half the speech, I. I realized, wow, this is working. And I got the timing right. And then I got into the finals and, and I played with it even more. I got more time and I expanded the story a little more. That's great about stories. You can do it short or longer. You know, they're not the set timing. And, and I put a little side thing in here and I re and, then the, and, the, and the laughter died down a little bit. And I said, oh no, this is not working so well. I could, I could watch myself all of a sudden. And then I went to another route and that was really funny. And they picked that up again, you know, and, I could play with the energy of the room. It was it was the most amazing thing for me, and and, and in the end, I even won the, the little you know uh, audience pricing and, and and got first place. And 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 to me, I was like, wow, you know, I need need to do this more. And and, and this is there's something in me. It's like a calling now, uh, and and a lot of fear stood in the way. And and now I'm on the way to to like go out with this, uh, I don't know, I don't even know which topic, because I have so many interests and topics that I could talk about. Um, but I find my way because I know I, I have something to give to people um, when, when I'm on stage, and also how to get there, because I, I went through that process. And like, because I've done kind of five hour, six hour workshops with Eric, and I, I've also been um, a witness, I've been in the audience when they had the five day events. And you know, you see people going from shaking, can, couldn't, couldn't even stand on the stage to, you know, basically being fantastic that you're like in awe of them. And like, I think it's, that is one of the best ways. If you need to do this fast, is best. Eric, I, you know, he's like a, a guru. He is incredible at what he's doing. But the Toastmaster is the same, but it's a very slow process. You know, people change between six months to a year. So you can definitely... You know, come on, get to that level as well, but it's a lot slower when you're doing it via. Absolutely, I I was a little bit hesitant to connect to the Toastmasters because they're very they have they have it very technical, and they have a very technical approach, and the meetings are very structured, which replaces for me the teacher in a way, because there is no coach, but the structure is the coach, and it's everywhere the same. Though the concept is really working out, and and. I eventually went there anyways because I well it's a for me it's a playground to practice and if people give me feedback well you, your hand should be a little more higher and, and and this should be a little more I I just say okay um, and but I also get feedback oh well there you got me and this there it, it was a little fast and and then I, I take that feedback that's that's relevant for me and what I find um, I use it as a practice ground for my speeches. And as well to giving feedback. I love giving feedback. Like I said, I love telling people. And, and now the, 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 the old guys, the, you know, not old in age, but, but like the, the veteran Toastmasters that are very clinically down with the techniques. You know, I, I infected them with a storytelling virus. You know, um, that's, a, that's a good virus. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I give them feedback. And, and they develop quite fast over the weeks. And they said, well, this was a really personal story now. I really got me there. Like, yeah, you told me. You told me to do this. I'm like, yes, this is great. So, the, you know, people are open uh, for, for good feedback if you know a little more. And, and, and it definitely is a great training ground for like every week to push yourself to go out there 
and, and stand in front of people and practice and practice. And even Eric says that, you know, these five grades are great and you are a great speaker now, but the people who really get to a point to be a speaker are those who practice. You know, if it's Toastmasters or whatever, just practice, practice, practice. Go out there and do it. Exactly, exactly. And um, like I use um, Simple Minds for doing uh, my stories just kind of on, on my iPhone because that's always with me. So if somebody said, hey, can you do a speech? I just flick through it and within five minutes of looking through it. Yeah, I have it. What, what system do you use for actually tracking and you know writing down? Do you use pen and paper? Um, well, I use, uh, I have like something also a suggestion from, from Eric uh, to use a story journal. That's how we call it. To, to everything, basically he says, um, everything that happened to you in life that provoked an emotion one way or the other um, is a story. And it has a point. And you don't even know for whom it might be a great point to collect these things. And whenever I, I remember something or something happens to me, that, oh, this is a story, I put it in Evernote. So I have it on all my devices and I can tag it a little bit um, to, via subjects and, and stuff like that. So that, this is where I have a list of stories. And when I need to do a talk, I usually figure out, okay, who's my audience? What, what is serving them? What, what, what is of value to them? Which points are important for them to know? Um, because I know them and they don't get. And then I look what stories I have to, to um, promote those points, basically. And this is how the speech um, develops and evolves. Um, I just, I just in, in, uh, I, before we talked, I did my meditation and something came up because I have a, have a new speech on Toastmasters and I'm really, since I come from the media, I, I'm really passionate about telling people how to, how to, how to properly read a newspaper. So um, I have a few stories that happened to me and then all of a sudden click, 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 the, the, the whole talk like came together in my mind and I just jotted it down and it's just five stories that I'm going to tell and, and put in an order and, and maybe check the timing if I can put all those five little stories in seven and a half minutes. And that's it. And that's, that's my thing. And maybe I do it once, but there's no more practice. I do it once for timing um, mm. to see where the timing is. And then I have to, okay, this has to be shorter. I have to do those really short and, and because I want to do all of them or this I can leave out. And that's it. Um, and that comes from story journaling for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you mentioned, because we, we were talking uh, before we started recording about uh, you were doing like the freelancing for pricing. Yeah, I did. Um, those were like my first uh, things after after learning about storytelling. Um, I have a network here of freelancers in my city and they do these, these theme evenings where we meet up and there's like 15, 20 people. It's not a huge crowd, but um, it's, it's very interested people. And I did something on pricing, how to find your prices. Um, as a freelancer and, and how he can do that and the psychology around it. And that's, that was the first time after my, my PowerPoint talks that I, first of all, it was a subject that I was not completely um, involved in, like in video production. That's like my, my background for over 20 years. Um, that was just something where I have experiences and I, I have my thoughts to it. And then I found stories to support it. And I did a two-hour talk that was basically free. I hardly looked at my story uh, list. Um, and, and it was very interactive with the people, and it was very successful. Um, I got great, great feedback for it. So where are you going forward? Well, I was on the way to, to go more out into live audiences and uh, also to do speaking and storytelling workshops. 
Um, and that was in preparation. And now this, this little bugger came along and, and uh, changed everything. And now I come back to my knowledge about video. Actually, I'm, I'm developing and working on uh, helping people to use Zoom, um, not only to, to communicate like we do right now, um, but also to, to, to teach groups and to have workshops that usually would not work online, everybody would say, because they, they are very interactive and people um, are active in it and play together. For instance, my wife is doing for over 10 years acting classes for, for amateurs. And she's not teaching how to act. She's giving a space where people play. It's actually about playing. In, in Germany, acting means Schauspiel, and Spiel means Spielen, like show, show play. Uh, and, 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 and it's about the, the playing part and the playfulness. And there's no, not even, it's improvised stuff and, and people do not even try to be very quick. Like when you do go to impro courses, it's always about performance. And there is like no pressure. And the inner critic, forget it, you know. Um, we just play here and everything is, is, is all right, you know. And, and to the people coming there every week, some for 10 years, the group that develops there is, is, is such a family to them that we decided right now we do this via Zoom. And, and a lot of people, including my wife, are like skeptical. How can this work? Uh, but I believe in, 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 in connection and, and it can happen via online or whatever because basically our hearts need to connect. And, and there's a group where people are connected anyways and they're sitting all at home and they cannot connect and they were so grateful afterwards and my wife was so amazed how much was possible. And we had games where people played and, and they started improvising and one guy said, yeah, I, I think you need this cable and he, he needs it out of the screen. And the other one picked a cable from his and it wasn't even, it was, it was improvised. I mean, and he picked up a, another cable and said, yeah, okay, I plug it in, you know. And, and it was so amazing. The creativity already worked. You know, you couldn't do that when we do it in life, you know, because we don't have props, you know. So um, that's where I'm at right now, helping people to, to, to convey their workshops and, and their, their weekly yoga or whatever and and uh, and help them do put that on technology based uh, mediums. Well, I've seen actually work, in, you know? in the it was in the district final last year was the the person that won the evaluation contest and also the international speak contest. They had an acting experience, and I think it that will help you to do something like you just mentioned because then, you know, whether you're exaggerating it or what, but you're, you're able to do that. You're comfortable in your own skin, even if you're, you know, acting the fool. A lot of people can't do that. I can do that. I can laugh and joke at myself. It doesn't bother me. But I know some people, you know, they're very self-conscious. And I think by actually doing some course like that, it would uh, complement your speaking. Absolutely, absolutely. People um, report that to us. They say, well, you know, I'm standing in the line in the supermarket. Um, and and if, I, if something comes up, I just put it out, you know, if it comes up, it's right. And they, they lose their, their, their fears about, oh, can I say this now or not? Because that's what we practice there. And people learn very slowly, it's okay. You know, you can have crazy ideas and put them out there. You can scream at somebody and swear at them and, and everybody knows it's, we're playing, you know, and it's fine. But you can practice yourself, you know, it's called play you. Um, so you can play with yourself and, 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 and experiment. You know, uh, you know, I could react like this in the situation. I wonder how this feels like. And then, you know, and people tell us, you know, it's changing so much. And then, uh, and, and they're really amazed. And that's why they stick with it for, for, for years, you know, because um, it's constant 
working again i think it's the, the the regular practice you know i mean you can have these moments but if you don't keep at it and have a reason to 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 keep experimenting and going out there and going over your comfort zone and over and be loud and and, and be seen then then slowly the fears pull you back in and make you small again so anything in that direction do it regularly you know do videos on a regular basis and the first one will be the worst there is no way around it you know you will get better with every video um, but if you if that's a reason because the first one will be the worst you don't start there won't be any better one is software that you'd recommend people to use for editing the because i'm not technical like like i can edit the podcast uh, the audio but the video I, you know that kind of scares me to be honest yeah well it depends a little bit uh, my connection just broke up a little bit okay it depends a little bit with with the editing uh, of course on which system you are basically you don't need much um and it depends on what type of video you are doing um even within youtube you can edit you can take off the front and the back um you know when you like push the button from the camera you know and, and stuff like that if you want to take that out and and before you get ready um because you should get into a like like a positive space yeah we we, we tell people like sing your video and your what you want to say and then do it on video you will have another you have a great energy you know because you're powered up uh, once you sing it out loud you know and if you, if you can make that happen um it's a great great tool um i use on the mac i use screenflow or final cut pro final cut pro is kind of complex screenflow is very easy to use there is Camtasia Studio Studio on, on, on Windows, but it's kind of expensive. It was around $200. Um, so um, I'm not sure what there is on board. Usually the, the, they have onboard stuff. So for basic stuff, you can use that. Um, and there is something called DaVinci Resolve. That is, um, there is a free version for all platforms. And this comes from a company called Black Magic, and they used to do in my days when I was an editor. Um, there was a lot of it was hardware based, and they used to build the hardware. So they really come from a tradition of video technology, and they put out this program. In the pro version, you pay uh, not much, two or three hundred for a pro program, but you don't need the pro stuff. This is really for a commercial environment. Mm. Um, so this is for free. It kind of a deep learning curve, but it's completely free. And it can do anything and it's very stable and it runs on all platforms, Linux, Windows, Mac. Um, that would be one tip to look into if you really want to get into editing. And if you're like, oh, I just want to do basic stuff, uh, look at ScreenFlow, Camtasia, or the, the what's it, Movie Maker on, on Windows on, or iMovie on the Mac. You know, I mean, these basic things, you can almost do it on a phone if you don't want, if you don't want to go too crazy on the editing. Nowadays, with YouTube and Facebook Live, people don't expect like, fine editing you know if you do something on your website maybe you should invest into maybe an editor or edit learn it yourself but if it's like a one two three time thing i would actually go to someone who knows what he's doing not only technique technology wise and how to use the software but also content wise and and and, and uh tension arcs and, and things like that <coughs> where you need you know where you need somebody who knows how to how to do this properly you know and not to put a lot of text in, in the screen. And there's more little stuff like this that you have to watch out for to make it really land with your audience. I suppose practice makes perfect. Just do it, just do it, just do it and learn from yeah. your mistakes. And, and, yeah. and with editing, you need feedback. Um, and, and don't ask like your friend or, or, or your mother was like, oh, you did this. 
this is great, you know, I mean, everything, and, you, because, and, and of course, you know, when, when you have no idea about it and you make, make a video and you do something and you're like, wow, you know, and I did this, great. But, but, but in the end, your target audience needs to connect with it and, and try to ask them what, what they got from the video, you know, what, what landed with them, what they remembered, how they felt. Um, when you practice editing for a long time, with the way I did it, I, I, I edited for, for TV companies and, and uh, advertising agencies and I did stuff like, like BMW spots and things like that. I learned how to look at a video like new and, and realize what my, my belly is saying, you know, and how I feel when I watch it and where is a little kink where they, okay, this is where it's, it's, it's stuck a little bit and this is too long, this is too short. I have a very fine sense for it and, and I can always look neutral again, even though I edited it myself. But that's a skill that comes like, like with an instrument, you know, um, that's come over years and years. And if you don't want to be an editor, I, I, um, you know, this is, this is hard to do. So get feedback from your target audience. What's, what's really stuck with them afterwards and how they felt. And, and then work your way uh, in there uh, from, from that. Brilliant, brilliant. Listen, Marcus, it's been fantastic. How can people get in contact with you? Um, well, there's a, a website for the Video Presence Coach that's in German. Um, and I'll leave you an, an email there that you can post. Uh, it's mb at business and then film with an e dot de. That's German, business film. Um, but it's the, the, you know, the English word business. Um, that's where they can reach me um, for sure. At the moment, I don't, I don't have other um, uh, web presences. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Marcus Beckman. Maybe you can link that. Yeah, I put all all the webs in the description below. Yeah, so that perfect, perfect. Yeah, well, I just ask you, and and uh, I'm happy uh, to help. And and curious who who who, uh, who in the world? Uh, I love being out in the world internationally. Um, wants to connect. Brilliant. So thanks very much, Marcus. Thank you, Roy. I had a good time. Right. Take care. So I hope you enjoyed the interview with Marcus. Uh, apologies for the audio quality at times where it was dropped out, but it was hard to actually edit it because we were talking over each other, so it wasn't possible to make it better. Uh, you'll find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. And if you're interested in meditation, or in learning Polish, you can go to roycollin.com. You will also find the link below of how to contact uh, Marcus. So until next week, take care.